You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hello and welcome to our Market Talk podcast. I'm Seamus Strapp from AIB and this is the fourth in a series of special podcasts focusing on the main sectors of the economy being impacted by the pandemic. Today we're looking at commercial real estate and we're delighted to be joined by Marie Hunt of CBRE. Marie is an executive director and head of research at Property Consultants CBRE in Ireland. With over 20 years market experience, Marie is a highly respected spokesperson and analyst of the Irish real estate sector and is a regular publisher of widely read reports and research on the CRE market. CBRE Ireland, now with offices in Dublin, Cork and Belfast, has over 750 staff across all service lines and is a leading property consultant in Ireland. CBRE Ireland is part of the world's largest commercial property services and investment firm, delivering unrivaled service and assistance in the development, acquisition, selling, financing, leasing, valuing and management of assets. We are also joined by Pat O'Sullivan, Head of Real Estate Research at AIB, and our Senior Economist from Treasury, John Faddy. And many thanks to all for participating. Marie, if I can start with you, please. Could you give us a general sense of how COVID-19 has impacted the Irish commercial real estate sector over the past while? Good morning. The first thing I would say is we need to split the market down, depending on whether you're talking about residential or commercial or even within commercial, looking at all the different sectors, because COVID has affected each sector in in a slightly different way. I suppose what we have seen is property that has a high volume of social interaction and trading businesses have, have obviously been most hit because they've been shut down due to the lockdown. Other sectors such as the office, industrial and indeed the investment market have seen, I suppose, activity put on pause for the last couple of weeks and months, predominantly because of the travel restrictions, because investors can't come into the country to come and and view buildings, etc. So the impact is different depending on which sector of the market you're talking about. Uh, You mentioned the trading business there, Marie, uh, and the retail sector, which has been particularly decimated. And we've seen some household names uh, announcing closures and whether or not they may or may not reopen. How big a threat is that likely to be for the retail sector? Well, I think the retail sector and indeed the hotel sector are probably the two that are most hit at the moment, predominantly because their businesses can't trade in the current climate and there's uncertainty as to when they'll be back up at full capacity again. So obviously it's hugely difficult for them right now. I think the retail sector was going through structural issues anyway. So if we look at pricing in, in the real estate sector, we have been softening pricing for retail for quite some time and it's due to structural issues such as the move towards online, etc. But what we have seen is obviously COVID has been another difficulty on on that sector on top of everything else. And it has brought to the fore some of the the difficulties that retailers are having right now. And I think inevitably some of those retailers may never open again. And that's the unfortunate situation that we're in. But for others, hopefully, if we can reopen on a phased basis over the next couple of months and get back to some sort of normality later in the year, that that will be the the optimum situation. Absolutely. And the hotel sector, which you mentioned also, is also particularly compromised at the moment. We have no real sense of when hotels can start reopening, have we? We don't have a sense. I suppose it really depends on how we can quickly we can put a plan together for social distancing and how hotels will operate going forward and I noted that Delat has said this week that they would hope to open earlier than the date that that government themselves have stipulated so it, it really all comes down to how hotels are configured and how they're going to be able to adapt to the to the new normal I think the challenge is from a travel perspective 
that international business is just not going to be there until much later in the year. So what we're probably going to see is in the initial phases of opening that a lot of the activity will be dependent on domestic tourism and all of the various parties and events that have and conferences, etc., that have to be rescheduled, that have been cancelled over recent weeks and months. So hopefully the domestic market will give somewhat of a boost to the sector until such time as international travel can happen again. Absolutely. The staycation, as the saying goes. Um, Absolutely. I'm also mindful of the housing crisis in Ireland, Marie. What's your view on the residential development market? Well, again, I suppose like everything else, the challenge over recent weeks and months has been that the construction sector has closed down and and sites have been put on hold. So I think the difficulty there is is trying to get back up to capacity again. So it is good that from the 18th of May, we're going to see construction sites back up and, and working again. Pat, can I bring you in there, please? You've been in close contact with your customers as this crisis has unfolded. What kind of feedback have you been hearing? Yeah, the predominant area that has been impacted most, obviously enough from our perspective, has been a retail property landlord. They've seen, you know, their rental flow uh, stall or stop. Their their tenants have been looking for you know, rent holidays, rent payments, etc. And that's fed through to um, their request then for moratorium on particularly interest payments, some of them for interest in capital. And we've, we've worked very closely with our customers in that sense to help get them through this current difficult period for the next three to six months. The, the other sector, such as office, industrial and the private rental sector, has been somewhat insulated so to date, um, as alluded to by Marie. We haven't seen as many requests coming in from those type of property owners or, or, or landlords or shed. They have been somewhat insulated primarily helped by the pandemic payments that the government have been paying to workers over the last number of uh, weeks. But we expect that there may be some delayed impact there over the next month or two, depending on the length and scale of, of the quarantine and lockdown. From a land and development, a residential development perspective, what's happening there is that, that programs have been delayed uh, or pushed out in terms of the expected completion of sites. So we've, we've been adjusting some of those terms in, in the loan agreement to reflect that. But they should be opening up the next two weeks. But having said all that, though, the big impact on the residential development is that the number of houses that will be built this year will be a lot less than what would have been forecast, uh, say, in January. And Last year, 21, 22,000 houses were built. The expectation was maybe 25,000 resident, residential units would have been built this year. We now think that could fall below 20,000. could be anywhere from 16 to 18,000 units would actually be built this year, which is well below the long-term demand that we estimate for housing demand in the Irish market. We estimate that between 30 to 35,000 units need to be built each year for the next five, seven to 10 years. Uh, so therefore, that housing crisis is going to be uh, accentuated because of the current lockdown in terms of uh, developed activity. As you alluded to, Pat, the banking industry has been busy with the moratorium situation over the past few months. Have similar conversations been happening between landlords and tenants across all sectors? All sectors, but again, predominantly in the retail sector because that was hit, hit front and centre and obviously hotels as well, I'd imagine. Because retailers have had to shut down, they're generating no income. The, the vast majority of landlords are working with their tenants to try and you know, make sure that the rental payments can be rescheduled or a rent holiday or rent abatement. So as they've been working with their tenants, we've been working very, very closely with the, the, the landlords and the owners of those properties to reflect that in their um, loan repayments and to help structure around this hopefully short-term cash flow impact and we would be hopeful that as the economy opens up again, that 
these issues can be rectified within a reasonable short, short enough period of time, within maybe three, six, nine months. John, if I can bring you in here, from a macro perspective in general, how important is Ireland's construction sector? So when we look at the construction sector as among the key fundamentals for the economy, uh, not just the fact that it's a key provider of infrastructure, so from the supply side of the Irish economy in terms of how it operates, but even more fundamentally, it's an important employer in the economy. So the last figures we have for the labour market were up to the end of 2019, and they showed that in the construction sector, there was roughly 150,000 direct jobs involved in the construction sector, which puts it at about 6 to 7% of total employment. So it's a key employer and construction is a labour intensive industry. So that's an important aspect of it. So when we look at the outlook, a key thing really is restarting of building and development there. So what we do know from the uh, government's outline of the phasing of the restrictions in phase one, which is due to get underway on the 18th of May, so shortly, is that outdoor workers uh, like builders uh, will be able to return to work. So this should see some restarting of uh, developments on the construction side for commercial property, but also the residential side that had obviously been put on hold as the more uh, restrictions came into play. So we expect to see then over the course of this year uh, ramping up again of activity on the building side of things. And John, in addition to the commercial sector, what is the impact on the residential sector in a broader context? So when we look at it in the broader context, similar to the commercial sector, obviously on the residential side, it's a key infrastructure for the economy. Uh, so you want the economy to improve, create jobs. You need places to house for people to reside in terms of residential units. So in the in, in the lead up to this crisis, we've obviously were in a situation where a supply was undershooting where demand was. And it's important to point out that this demand wasn't based on how well the economy was doing. It was just based on demographics of the population. So even though the economy is slowed on, on the residential side, there still is this need for increased building on the residential units. Uh, obviously, the restrictions came into force and everything was put on hold. So we're looking this year like that we will be behind uh, by a couple of thousand in terms of what would have been expected at the start of the year from the perspective of total new supply coming onto the market. And the key thing really was that we still have some way to go to get towards that 30,000 to 35,000 figure that we need for residential units just to meet demographic demand. So it's probably delayed that by anything up to uh, a year in terms of the point where we will get back to that. But Similar to the commercial side, on the residential side too, as activity comes back into play, the positive for the economy is not just that it will start to improve the infrastructure supply side of things, but also improve the labour market situation. Because overall, we're looking at a huge increase in unemployment in the second quarter, following on from the restrictions that came into force in March. So once construction gets back on hold, it will provide some employment in the economy and help to reduce back down some of those high levels of unemployment rates. And further out then, and more broadly for the economy overall, as we go through the different phases from phase one of the 18th of May to phase two on the 8th of June, to phase three on the 29th of June, up to phase four, 20th of July, and phase five on the 
10th of August. The economy reopens at different stages, different sectors. Uh, so that should be an improvement then in terms of just the labour market situation. And really, this crisis is going to be defined by the surge in unemployment. And the key thing really will be is to make sure that any sort of temporary job losses, the extent of those is mitigated as much as possible. Bringing it back to the commercial and residential sector from a construction point of view, uh, it will be the construction sector that will be one of these initial phases and one of the initial drivers of that downward move in the unemployment rate because it's early on in the roadmap in terms of the easing of the restrictions where activity starts to uh, happen again, both on a residential and commercial side. Thanks, John, for that. Okay, Marie, if I can bring in an international flavour to it. Seabury uh, are well known and highly regarded around the world. Could I ask you to share the experiences of your Asian colleagues, particularly as those countries appear to be coming out the far side of this? Yeah, I think one of the things that we've been relying on quite a lot over the last couple of weeks is the experience of our Asian colleagues because they're so much further down the, the road than ourselves. And I suppose that the key lesson we've learned from them is that the new normal looks quite different to, to what went before. So, for example, in an office environment, what we've seen is reduced staffing in the office, much more dispersed workforce, meetings still continuing virtually as opposed to in, in person, a lot of social distancing. And in things like shopping centres, while they're back up and 95% trading again, what we're finding is some of the retailers open in the morning, some in the afternoon. The, the number of people in stores is greatly reduced. So new normal looks quite different. But I suppose just going back to what we were saying about the hotel sector, they have seen a bounce in activity in restaurants and hotels as people who've been in lockdown for, for many, many weeks and months are now coming back out and, and wanting to spend again. So that gives us good confidence and it also gives us good guidance as to what the new normal might look like over the next couple of months as we start to ease our way out of this lockdown. Okay, so a glimmer of hope there, particularly from, from your colleagues in Asia. Could Marie, there's been plenty of foreign investment in Ireland in recent years. What do you think now is their attitude towards Ireland? I would say their attitude is, is relatively unchanged because the fundamentals of the market that were attracting them to Ireland in the first place have not changed. So our demographic profile is still the same. The imbalances between supply and demand, the, the strength of occupier activity, all of that remains. What is challenging at the moment is they can't travel. So even though we have assets that we could launch for sale tomorrow morning, we wouldn't be launching them on, on the basis that these people just can't travel and physically inspect buildings and, and do deals. But certainly there's a lot of dry powder there still wanting to invest in Ireland once these restrictions are lifted. So we'd be confident that the sector that's going to see a bounce back first will very much be the investment side of the market. And the sectors that these investors will be targeting in particular will be the office buildings, industrial buildings and multifamily residential. Sorry, Marie. It was encouraging that yourself, Seabury themselves have been involved in a number of transactions that have closed over the last couple of weeks. So while, while transactions are well done and there, there's not going to be too many, it's still positive that uh, some transactions are man managing to close and some quite substantial transactions as well. Yeah, um, we've had quite a few in the last couple of weeks. I suppose most notably things like Bishop Square, very large office investment. There's been several transactions, including the, the DECA deal on the Clayton Charliament Hotel, for example. So investors are still willing to do deals. And I think most interestingly, we haven't seen anybody trying to chip pricing. So the pricing that's being achieved is exactly what it would have been pre-COVID. Now, that's not to say that going forward, there might be some softening in pricing for non-core assets in line with what we're seeing elsewhere elsewhere in Europe. But for now, investor appetite and attitude towards Ireland is, is unchanged. It's just, I suppose, on, on ice for the moment. 
Okay, interesting that the transaction prices have remained strong in the past while. That's good news. Could I ask you, Marie, we've spoken a lot about the, the new normal, the phrase that has entered the narrative in the past few weeks with significant increases in people working from home. What do you think this new normal is likely to be for Irish commercial real estate? It's probably the question I've been asked most in the last couple of weeks, and there's an assumption in some quarters that we're not going to need office buildings going forward. We're all going to work remotely. And I think I certainly am looking forward to getting back to the office. What I think is we're still going to continue to need offices, but we may see people working one or two days a week remotely going forward. And I think what it really has done is for um, occupiers who heretofore didn't want to allow anybody to work from home are beginning to see that there's merit in having people working from home at least part of the time. But certainly there's still going to be demand for offices. And if anything, we're probably going to need more space per person within the office because of the need for social distancing. So we're probably going to see less hot desking and more space per person in terms of square footage or square meterage and, and larger desks. Of course, and in the recently published uh, program for government documents, there was talk of government encouraging public sector to uh, offer 20% of uh, employees' time to, to remote working, working from home. Yes, and I suppose traditionally it would be the public sector that would have been reluctant to allow remote working, whereas I think private sector, certainly companies such as AIB and CBRE, it's something we've been living and breathing for, for quite some time. But for the public sector, it, it hasn't necessarily. So I think it was it, it very encouraging to see that inserted into the programme for government. And obviously, I think that was drafted even before COVID. So this is the way things were going anyway. And I think in the real estate sector in general, a lot of the trends we've seen in the last couple of weeks were things that were happening anyway but COVID has actually accelerated that so things like the growth in e-commerce and remote working and, and all of these things were trends that were happening anyway. So changing mindsets as you say. Pat can I ask you at this stage what advice you're giving to your customers? Again just to be proactive talk to us as quickly as possible with any issues or problems uh, that they're facing in terms of their cash flows. Uh, we're, we're here to help we fully recognise the current difficulty that the economy and uh, property markets are facing. Our expectation is this to prove, while very significant, should prove temporary and things will get back to normal. Obviously, the timescale of that is difficult to predict, but we, we're, we're fully uh, aware of the issues facing uh, our customers and the, the problems in terms of cash flow that they may be facing, and we're here to help. And the, the best thing to do is early engagement um, because we have the ability and the facilities to help customers through this difficult Time. Okay, well, plenty of food for thought there as we enter the first phase of easing on restrictions. Many thanks to Marie, Pat and John for your valuable insights. That's Marie Hunt, Executive Director and Head of Research at CBRE. Pat O'Sullivan, Head of Real Estate Research at AB Corporate Institutional and Business Banking. And our Senior Economist, John Fahey, bringing you right up to speed on developments in the CRE sector. For those customers impacted, you can find details of AIB's support packages at aib.ie forward slash COVID-19. Please join us for the next episode of this sector special series. And remember to stay close to all our podcasts by pressing the subscribe button on AAB's Market Talk on the podcast apps for iOS and Android. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC.
authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.